Welcome to Politics Done Right. I'm Igberto Willis, your host. We are going to have a great show for you today. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, North, North, what is it not? Good morning, Southeast Texas. Good morning, the entire Texas. Good morning, the entire country. How's everybody doing today? I trust that we are all doing fine. Even if you're not doing fine, let's make it fine for you. I know that's kind of simplistic. That's kind of corny. But you know what, folks? Uh, Like I say all the time, we are going to make what's going to happen for the rest of the day, for the most part. There are a few exceptions where we have no control. But you know, you know, most of the times we are, in fact, in control. You know, um, that's why I loved having... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Having uh, recently... Uh, the the talk that we had with uh, Pedro with Pedro Silva, the one that we had yesterday, and the reason why is because there there are times I would say you know the folks from below or I would make certain kinds of comments and Pedro would say, Egberto, absolutely we don't speak that way. We have power. We just don't know it, but we do have. Power. So um, every time I say those little things, those little negative things that we all say every so often, Pedro Silva rings in my ear and it's like, don't, don't, don't. We have a lot more power than we believe. And this is not only in our lives, in our homes, on our jobs, etc. It's also within our own body politic, within our own, we make things happen. We can make things happen. And that is, the, that is really, and that has always really been the genesis of this program. Uh, not that we can empower anybody. We don't have that power. That would be conceit. But that we can remind everybody that in fact, they are empowered and the, the again like i said pedro when we we sat around in a big circle in new york uh talking about how best do we do we promote unity how best do we promote people working together how best do we promote taking really taking back our government not not in the form that you heard the tea party say it or anything like that but i mean really really take back our government by saying and acknowledging that we are in fact our government and over the last several years there have been many have has there's been many folks trying to have us disassociate ourselves from our government because if we can look at government as some entity out there, some other entity out there, then we can learn how to hate that other entity because we don't realize that in hating that other other entity, we're really hating 
ourselves. So we are the government. Don't forget it. We need to stop talking about the government is doing this or the government is doing that and start saying we are going to ensure that the government does what the government needs to do, what we want it to do. Because what again? We are the government. Ricardo Raymond from Panama. Yo, hermano Zonian, está escuchando. Buenas, buenas, buenas mañanas, hermano mío. Buenas mañanas. <laughs> How you guys? How are you doing out there, Ricardo? Great to see you listening online. I think you're online listening. Anyhow, folks, we have a great show for you today. Before I even get started, I like to do what's the right thing to do and say, Brother Howard Reynolds is in the control room with Jack Van Beber. How are my two brothers from another mother doing this morning? Well, so far, I'm upright and the tin cans and string are holding up, so I guess I'm okay. Yeah, and I'm I, on this side of the dirt, so it's a good day. Hey, <laughs> you know what? Go ahead. Hey, Berto, I wanted to go ahead and add on to what you were talking about. Yes, sir. Sometimes the only power we have is how we react to something. Yes. And that, you know, things are, a lot of things are out of our control, but that's how we react. Yes. How do you, you know, how do you perceive this and go, well, gee, okay, what is this? Instead of going crazy. So I just wanted to add that into it. Very, very, very true. I mean, I, I couldn't say that any better, you know, um, a lot of times the way we react has a larger impact on the particular incident than the incident proper. So, I mean, that is a hell of an observation, my dear brother, hell of an observation. Um, look, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking three subjects today, right? They're disjointed, but there are three things that came up into my mind as I, throughout the day. And since I have such a great smart audience out there. There, These are things I think I need to cover. Um, but I also want to tell you guys to call in early. Please don't do like you do all the times. I know sometimes you want to kind of get a feel for what the subject is, but the subject doesn't have to be mine. It can be yours too, right? You can say, well, you know, this is bugging me and I want to hear what the body politic feels about this. So I'm going to call early and say, hey, I don't care what you're talking about, Egberto. I want to, let's, let's check this out. So don't forget, give me a call, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. A mis compas latinos, 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Give me a call, and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Anyway, the title of the show, and let me pull it up here. Don't forget, I send out, the morning, the, the night before or early morning, uh, the newsletter covering the topics that I'd like to cover. Sometimes we get to all of them. Sometimes we don't. It's at politics, politics done right.com slash newsletter, politics done right.com slash newsletter. And you can learn about what we're talking about. And by the way, you can see all of the newsletters that we've sent out over all the subjects. And within that newsletter, you have all the links to the videos that we play, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How can you listen to Politics Done Right? You can go to you can go to 90.1 FM, listen to it on air. You can listen to it on your phone via the Android or Apple app, TuneIn. Just get, download the TuneIn app and go ahead and look for KPFT 
and you'll find us. You can also go to our website, kpft.org, kpft.org, and just click listen. You can go to If you want to watch the program, you can watch the program as well. How do you do that? Go to facebook.com slash kpfthouston. That is facebook.com slash KPFT Houston. And of course, you can watch it on YouTube by going to politicsdoneright.tv. Do you want to tell me something? 713-526-5738, extension number two. And we throw you on air as well. You people all over Houston, the metropolitan area, people hear you on the internet, people hear you everywhere in the world. Likewise, likewise, if you want to tell me something, you don't want to be on air, but you want to tell me something. You can either go to kpft at politicsdoneright.com. Send me an email, kpft at politicsdoneright. Or you can send me a tweet at Egberto Willies, at Egberto Willies. I answer everything. Sometimes the mail gets real carried away and I'm a little bit behind, but I treat everyone with all of the respect they deserve. Folks, you know I'm decidedly progressive, but not because I'm progressive doesn't mean I want to hear from everyone. I like to hear every point of view. And not only that, I've been known to ex- to take other people's views and adapt it as a part of my persona. Why? Because again, the, 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 the knowledge is in the minds of many. If you understand what crowdsourcing mean, it means that our composite mind, the minds of all of us put together, will always be better than one mind. And I, I wish more politicians I realized that as well. But it is important. So uh, every day that I'm listening to you guys, every day that I'm hearing from you by emails or whatever, this sponge continues to absorb because that is what existing is all about learning every single day title of the show today i had an epiphany we should embrace artificial intelligence ali velshi checks misinformation from former gop governor so anyway my epiphany last epiphany last night told me we need not fear ai instead embrace it ali velshi used the misinformation in misinforming republican governor john Kasich to make a working class point. But I want to go to a little quick thing um, uh, on, uh, uh, what is it called? Cryptocurrency. We hear a lot about cryptocurrency and a lot of folks that use cryptocurrency also have to, you know, they, they like to think that they're environmentalists and that kind of stuff. Personally, this is a personal opinion. Some people may slay me for it, but I don't believe in the cryptocurrency thing. I, I look at it as a fad. I mean, by the way, cryptocurrency is no more or less valuable as an entity than the U.S. dollar. You know, the U.S. dollar is only backed by the faith that people have in it. And the same is true of cryptocurrency. The only problem with cryptocurrency is just a few of, uh, you know, there, there's this stuff about mining the, the mining the crypto and all that sort of stuff that comes into play. The problem is the algorithm used to mine crypto. And the amount of computing power that's needed to mine cryptocurrency is huge. Why am I bringing it up on the subject? Uh, Just to tell folks. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. 
with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Folks, beware. Be careful. If you ever decide to get onto the crypto bandwagon, you may make a killing for a few days. You could lose your entire shirt quite a few times as well. Uh, I did a little bit of research of blockchain, etc., of how it works. And I kept on trying to figure out myself, what's the deal? What is the deal? It's not about really understanding much because there's not much to understand other than an algorithm that you didn't write, but an algorithm that you use to mine or figure out the numbers that create every new crypto currency, every new Bitcoin, every new Ethereum, every new one of those. Um, beware. I just thought I might tell you that one this morning. Beware of these crypto things. Second subject is going to be, of course, El Señor Ali Velshi. Ali Velshi, uh, you know what I think about the mainstream media. I think the mainstream media, many of them, they do the best that they can given who their masters are. And their masters are the corporations that advertise on TV. And after all, it's a business, a money-making business enterprise. That's understandable. And it's also understandable that they don't have a lot of leeway to really report investigatively on every and any issue. Uh, think about you advert. Think about you uh, having oil ads on for petroleum, and at the same time, you make an expose that proves that the petroleum market is is nothing more than a cartel and not a good one at that, right? Yeah, you hear some reporting on that here and there, of course, but you don't really uh, go into detail on on these issues. And there, there's, there are issues after issues where they can't do it. Well, Ali Velshi generally finds some form to buck the system without getting fired or buck the system without anything too negatively happening to him. And he did that with Governor Kasich uh, a couple of days ago, a few days ago. And what I did is I, I processed it, cut it up, and got the best parts out of it to present it to you guys. And I'm going to do that in a second. But I want to also remind you to please give us a call, 713-526-5738, extension number 2, 713-526-5738, extension number 2. Please do not wait until too long to call where we have to cut you short at the end of the show as we did yesterday and the day before and the day before. But here we go with Ali Velshi with this subject. Ali Velshi asked the pertinent question to uh, the former Ohio, Ohio governor. And the question is, or, or the statement was, I wish, I wish we treated the average American work, worker the way we treat companies. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Why then shouldn't we be looking at corporations who don't pay taxes and the very wealthy who get breaks? If you are a, a bus driver, a working stiff in this country, your tax rate as a percentage is 
higher than anybody else's. You have no write-offs. There's no ability to do anything. Why do we keep going for the least among us? Why don't we go for the, the strongest among us and raise some more money? Because that's the other way you can balance a budget, raise money. If you raise money, Congress will spend the money. That's just a fact, okay, number one. Number two, when we talk about uh, about rich people, they're paying about, you know, if you, <clears throat> why do you think all these people are moving from New York to Florida? Because the amount of taxes they're paying is sky high. You know, I was just told the other day, if you get a bonus over in, in New York, you know, you work on Wall Street or something, 40% of it goes to taxes. I mean, how much should it be? Should it be 50? Should it be 60? At what point do people say they don't want to, they, they don't want to participate anymore or work that hard? So look, the, and look at what's happening in the country. The fastest growing states in our country, Texas, uh, over there in Florida, we go, if yeah, we go low to taxes, um, governor, but, but just horrible, look at any of but them, horrible places to live in terms of gun violence, in terms of being able wait, to wait, wait a minute, Ali, you're, you're gay, you, you, you want to go to the library and get a book. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I would much rather not Ali. live in these places, but I get you, they're cheaper. Taxes are really low, but they're kind of horrible places to live. Yeah. You ever go to Florida? I mean, I understand as, as little as I can these days, but yes, I have to get there a lot. What, what is, what is, what is going on in, in Florida in terms of this, of the, you know, the, the cultural issues? I don't agree with the way they're approaching it, but people are going to Florida. It's not a horrible place, Ali. I mean, you don't want to say yeah, the Florida's are fantastic. Horrible, the restaurants are great, but, horrible, horrible, but if or, you're gay or you're trans or, or you'd like your freedom to read books okay, or but, have an but, abortion, it is actually a horrible it, place. Yeah, but what I'm saying to you is people are going there. You're getting off the subject. The subject is about taxes. And why don't we just raise taxes? And by the way, the only reason I'm talking about taxes, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Let me finish my point. The reason I'm talking about taxes is because you said people move to these places because of low taxes. I'm not disagreeing with you. Rich New Yorkers actually move to Florida because of low taxes. Yeah, because you're saying, why don't we raise why you live in a place? Look, what you're saying, Ali, is we could solve this problem if we just raise everybody's taxes the rich people, the corporations. Now, look, sometimes, and there are provisions in the tax code, carried interest, that I have a lot of problems with. But part of the reason why corporations can do write-offs, can I I finish, Ali, can I finish my thought? Well, but you're, you're dropping a lot of stuff. I sometimes challenge, sir. I, I, you know, I love having you on the show, and I but, love. But, but let, me, let, me, let me get. But you're Allie, saying a lot of Allie, things, and I've got to challenge you. Let me get the first. Stop, let me get the. You know, I just, feel you, like I'm you talking. Carried I, interest. I feel like sir. I used to be at another place here. Can I finish my thought here? That's all I want to do. And you brought in carried interest. I'm challenging you on it, sir. Ali, I don't. I don't think you really want to have a discussion here. I really want to have a discussion. You talked about taxes in Texas and Florida. Okay, then let me finish. You said there are horrible places to live. I don't agree with that. And this all came about because you said, "Why are we not raising taxes on corporations and on people?" And I'm saying to you that when you raise taxes too high, you discourage from people from doing what they want to do, and a lot of times they will leave to go to a place where they get a better reward for their hard work. Now, some corporations are able to take advantage of things like depreciation because that allows them to invest more. Look, the the fact is we have this thing called the modern monetary theory, you know, which is another theory. And now we have we've had sky high inflation because these policies don't work. So what okay, I'm suggesting to you is this you, you at the end also of the let day. Me, you also have to yeah. let me in. You, that's just Go not ahead. true. Modern monetary theory is not the reason we have inflation at all. So let's go back because you were around <laughs> when we got off the gold standard, right? You were around. And you remember people saying, if you get off the gold standard, the money will be worth nothing. No, I, Nixon, inflation I think Nixon will took be, us off. I, I wasn't. 
All right. You were, you, ahead, were, finish, you were in the vicinity. Finish with the gold standard. Uh, okay. But we, 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 we got off the gold standard. Everybody thought inflation would be sky high because you can't trust what the value of money is. Guess what? That didn't happen. The inflation is high today for very specific reasons that have nothing to do with modern monetary theory. Nothing whatsoever. Right? Why is inflation okay, high Ali. in the UK? Why is it high in Canada? Why is it high in other places? It's not modern monetary theory. You know that, sir. Allie, Allie, let me let me let me just suggest this to you. Larry Summers, Democrat, former secretary of the Treasury and a number of other Democrats warned that all this spending by the federal government was going to lead to inflation. We have inflation in this country for basically two reasons. One, because we've been printing money to cover our debt. You have too many dollars chasing too few goods. There's a second reason, and that's the problem that's related to supply chains because of COVID. But there's no denying that. Why do you think the Fed is raising interest rates? Why do you think they're trying to cut back? Because they know that the flow of dollars, too many dollars chasing too, good, too, too few goods creates inflation. So look, I'm, I'm just back to the fact that what I'm, tr- the point I'm trying to make is, are there things that can be done to clean up the tax code? Absolutely. Are there things that can be done to clean up corporate welfare? I was in the middle of it. Of course there are. But at the end of the day, we just don't want to think the answer to this problem is just to raise everybody's taxes and that'll somehow we're not fix talking it about raising Congress, everybody's taxes. When they raise it, they spend it. Governor, we're not talking about raising everybody's okay, taxes. Okay, some, is it let's fair raise to you the taxes that some companies that you say pay no taxes? Is that fair to you? It depends why that, that Ali, it would depend why that is. In other words, if they've suffered losses because of investments, guess what? They don't pay taxes, okay? If they make investments and they start depreciating their plant and their equipment, guess what? They get a tax break. You don't want to take that away. There's there's not people who study the economy that say we should take away accelerated depreciation or they, they don't say or amortization. But, so so I just want to go back to our example, to right? Uh, back to our example of a working person who has a 401k who yeah. suffered losses because of their investments in the last year. They don't get to write that off. So working people do not get the privileges that companies get in this country. But companies are the ones that invest and create the jobs, Ali. And let me say but another thing in regard to how Working tax people do the jobs and they can, pay taxes. Yeah. And so people that create, that run companies and create jobs, they should be rewarded for that. So if you say that anyway, people who create jobs, it's like we're having an economics lesson here today. We are. If you say people who create jobs should be rewarded for that, I agree with that. Should people who do the jobs yeah. also be rewarded for that? Sure, they should. With the same tax sure benefits should. that you know the what? companies will hire them get? Well, I mean, I mean, like depreciation and amortization. I mean, those are two, that's apples and oranges. Ollie, we're not talking about even any in the same universe here. When a company is able to invest in plant and equipment and create new machinery, they're allowed to depreciate that. That's good for everybody. That's good for the country. It's good for the workers. It's good for everybody. That's how we have economic growth. Right. So what just, we want to have is economic growth. I just, I just wish. We could treat people as, I just wish we could treat working people as well as we could treat companies. That's all I'm saying. Now, it drives me crazy with the taxes and not taxing, etc. You know, the, the, the former governor said, uh, what do you want uh, the stockbrokers to go ahead and leave New York because of higher taxes? Uh, but how much should they have to pay? And the reality is, as much as possible. Why? They're getting free money. Stockbrokers, they create nothing. That's the only part of this entire interview that I think Ali Velshi missed. He did it all perfectly, except that he missed to ask the guy, wait a minute, 
The workers who make the things are the ones who are creating wealth for everybody. And the stockbroker creates wealth out of an imaginary illusion of what companies are worth. There are no, there's no comparison. So if they have to pay more taxes, so what? Interesting enough, when Ali Velshi talks about, when he talks about why are people moving to Florida and, and, and Texas? Yeah, the wealthy people are moving to Florida and Texas. Guess what else about those wealthy people? They can afford to live in gated communities. They can afford helicopters to take them where they need to get so they don't have to go into the traffic, the bad traffic, the gun-laden streets that are there that the average worker has to go through because they don't want to pay taxes to give great infrastructure, to, great, to give great safety, etc. So yeah, it's a hellhole for the rest of the folks. But for those who have money, they can live in gated communities in a low tax area where they, they also get service from us all in their gated community. He attempted to talk about MMT. The, the governor was about to lie to America. MMT caused inflation, as was said by Katie Porter, Representative Katie Porter. She pointed out a, a fact that we should all be aware of. And what is that fact again? That fact is most of inflation was created by corporate greed, not the supply chain problem, not the problem of manufacturing overseas, which those, those, those issues are there as well. But most of the inflation was based on corporate greed. And for all of those that are trying to blame administrations and others, they are, they are pretty much hurting themselves because they are allowing corporations to continue with their behavior of raising prices. And then you know who pays for it? Not even the government, the government doesn't want to say, corporations, stop it. If you don't stop it, we'll tax it away from you. We'll tax those profits away from you if you don't stop raising prices. That's not what they do. They allow the corporations to maximize themselves on those, those on inflation, meaning they make more money for inflation and, and they don't stop until they take more of your money. How do they take more of your money? The, Fed, the Fed's increased the amount of interest that banks are going to collect now. And as the banks collect more money and enrich themselves further, it reduced the amount of money that people can have to buy resources on the outside. And that causes the corporations then to say, okay, let's drop inflation a bit so people start back buying. It is a charade that we need to get uh, get around our heads what these people do. When he talks about Larry Summers was saying, if you kept spending this money, the reality is we needed to spend more money. We needed to put more money in the hands of the working class. Why? Remember over the last 40 years, they have been stagnant while everybody, while the wealthy few have been going up in their wages. They have been stagnant. We have productivity. We have efficiencies. We don't have shortages, as the governor tried to imply. We never had a shortage of gasoline. The prices went up. We never had a shortages of wheat. The price of bread went up. We had some issues with eggs for a while, but the prices of eggs pretty much stayed up high enough, higher than what the, re the result of that pandemic that they had with the avian flu, et cetera, would have justified. Folks, we are being played. 
And we must understand that. And governors and, and Republicans like these guys are neoliberal Democrats who refuse to really accept the reality of economics are the ones who are causing us pain. When we go to our primaries in the uh, next year, it is incumbent on us to elect the right progressives who are going to tell the truth about how the economic system really fails us, not by design. Well, actually, by design. And what we have to do is undesign the way it works and make sure that it works for every single working class American. Now, you, if you notice what, uh, what the governor attempted to do, he tried to stick a whole lot of things in there. He wanted to bring up modern monetary theory. I did about three or four programs on modern monetary theory, which says that there's a lot of slack in our economy before inflation kicks in. Uh, they lie to you about the reason why we have inflation right now. I've done programs on why we really have inflation, and it has very little to do with us stoking the market with a lot of necessary fluidity, with a lot of necessary money. Eric Hayes, no, Ali Velchi did not get schooled. Ali Velchi, only one, only someone who sees, who doesn't understand real economics could say that. Ali Velchi knocked him every time. And th th what I was happy about is that Ali Velchi knocked him on mon modern monetary theory. Because you have to understand this. What we do need is to use modern monetary theory. But since we know that it works, remember... If it, let's look at the and, and Johnny and Tag, I'm coming to you in a minute. Let's look at I want to give you guys two examples. The way we got out of the 2008 uh, crash and the way we got out of the pandemic back in 2008, we said we were not throwing enough Keynesian economics into 2000, the crash of 2008. We didn't do it. And what happened is that it took us over 10 years to recover from the, the crash that the financial sector inf inflicted on America because we went ahead and used austerity and the, the, the stimulus was a really small, tiny thing based on the size of our economy. It was much too small. Now Biden comes into office and Biden goes ahead and uh, throws trillions of dollars. We pump this economy up. And what it did is it prevented that down spiral? Look at the curves. It's all in the curves. Look at it. It prevented that sustainable down and it, and it, it brought us up very quickly. But you know, as you do that, the corporation saw an opening. The corporation saw that people had money in their pockets. And what's the way to get money out of their pockets without producing more? You inflate prices. You notice the governor said something to the effect of, uh, uh, inflation is too much money chasing too little goods. I'm so happy he said that because that statement made a fool out of him. We never had a shortage of petroleum. I repeat, don't, don't think that not even the, the war in Ukraine was sufficient to create a shortage of oil. In fact, even during the, the Ukraine war, we we're having Saudi Arabia cut the amount of oil on the market because there is a lot of oil to be had. 
And that is, this has come from somebody who would love oil prices to be really up to prevent us to be from burning as much as we burn. So I want you guys to understand this. I want you guys to think. We need to think. Remember what the governor said, which is right. It's true economics. Inflation comes, real inflation comes from too much money chasing too few goods. That's real inflation. But let's get some stats. I proved to you there was never an oil shortage. How do we know that? Because Saudi Arabia started to take oil off the market. We have the biggest oil reserve in, 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 in Venezuela that we won't get online because of false politics. So we know that we don't have a shortage of oil. So the prices for oil should really be cheap. It should really be a lot cheaper than it is right now. Secondly, we waste 40% of the food in the United States. If there were too many dollars chasing too few goods, you couldn't waste 40% of the food produced in the country. Uh, there was a story that came out that says uh, do the donut shops throw away something like 30% of their donuts. And, and we can go on and on and on. We have a, an inefficient system. We, the inflation is not there because we have shortages. It is there because of corporate greed and corporate mismanagement and the efficiencies that corporations decide to use, which means a lot of waste. But we'll get into that at, a, at another time as I bring Johnny into the fold. Johnny, come on in, my brother. Como estas? on the radio here since the uh, soundboard is not behaving nicely. Okay. Talk to me, Johnny. Okay, here we go. Um, it's not always what you say, it's how you say it. And now I'm hearing my voice at me. Um, I'll ignore that. You hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you clearly without the echo. We have an issue uh, sometimes with the feedback. We, we're going to try to fix that, but go ahead, my friend. Okay. So, at 6 o'clock in the morning, when I'm first waking up, if I am not a regular listener to Ali Belshi, I don't recognize his voice either. So when he and his guests are talking over each other, it's like there is no communication happening. Communication requires a listener and a speaker speaking separately, not over each other. That doesn't change the fact that Ali Belshi has something to contribute, like you do. Uh, the other guy is absolutely dead and wrong. His idea of inflation is the kind of nonsense talking points we had in grade school economics class. That's the kind of propaganda they, taught, they put upon the working class in order to put the guilt on us. In other words, it's okay for you to work your ass off, but how dare you demand any services or goods? Because when you do that, you drive prices up. No, 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 no. Inflation is like you said earlier. It happens when uh, people have money to spend and the people who are making who are in charge of the companies, who own the companies, they, they, get, a, they get a clue or news that, hey, there's a bunch of people out here in the marketplace, a customer base, they've got more money, let's jack up the price. That's what they do. That's unfettered, underregulated, mercenary style capitalism, plain and simple. But that's not why I'm calling you today. Let me hear why you're calling me, my friend. As I promised you yesterday, our conversation from yesterday was not finished. And I have to blame you for this. And before I blame you, I want to... I, I, want to I take all the blame, sir. Yeah. I would 
I would congratulate you on the way you approach your job as an educator and an advocate, both on and offline. But if you go back on your uh, show from yesterday's archives, you go back to 29 minutes and seconds when this uh, generation subscribed, 67 year old guy Richard was speaking at, at 50, 56, one minute exactly. Later, uh, he says, but it's a damn shame. And before he finishes his sentence, cut him off. And, and I don't get to hear his, him complete his thought. I find that as a listener, I find that very frustrating when I'm listening to people on KPFT or other media that try to speak you or, or uh, Steve or Tom Hartman, but listeners or callers talk. You guys need to Slow down just a little bit. Let people finish their sentence. So people listening at home get a clue as to what it is that this person is actually saying. And then you come back with your deal. That's a simple, I think, constructive criticism that I think will drastically improve your show and Steve's show. Tom Harmon and I tried doing that, and he ignores it. <laughs> so... Well let me let me just say that um, you are you're absolutely right that we and I I tr let me let me let me just defend myself here a bit. I try my best to let folks talk just like I just made you talk before I knew what you're talking about, and I try to get the gist. Sometimes I do jump in to cut off because I only have an hour show, and sometimes when folks call in, and I mean, and that goes for me as well. Uh, we're, we, we want to get something across and, and so forth. So I try to find the openings to cut. I can always do better, but I try to do, I, I try to do that. But you know, you're absolutely right. The same with Ali Velchi on, on that show. Ali Velchi is normally not that combative as you heard him there. And in fact, I clean up some of the combativeness so that it would be more presentable on the radio when I did it. When I cut it up, I cut it up to take out some of that combative stuff that was there. I did the best that I could. Now, again, I understood where Ali Velchi was coming from because he was getting such misinformation. Sometimes you have to tackle the misinformation right away. And sometimes it's a time issue. Uh, I talked to Steve as well. You know, we, we all have to learn how best to cut into what folks are doing. So good, good observation, Johnny, but continue making your point, sir. Okay. So in the same line before I, in that same line, I also want to remind you to let you know that when I was saying about how the problem that Facing regards to yesterday's conversation, white nationals infiltration, now military and law enforcement. And I said the problem is with caller Richard. And before I could finish my sentence, you said you cut over me at 55 35. No, no, no. First of all, I never once, uh, never once, uh, something about you by that Richard. Uh, I know that. We know that. All the audience knows that you were not blaming Richard. I knew it, but I was switching to make a point, and now I can't remember what that point is because it's a day later. <laughs> okay, so, let me let me just say this. Uh, like like right now, right? Um, the the way some of uh, your voice is coming over. Sometimes I think it's a break. 
<laughs> what it is is that the sound comes out. So that I, I'm at the speaker saying, let me make sure I get Johnny right. Let me make sure I get Johnny. So that's what happened there. That wasn't that wasn't intentional at all. Okay. I just want you to know that we were not in, uh, misdirecting what you were saying. We understood that you were not tuning his reputation nor mine. We know that. Great. I just want you. It, it, it hurt me to think that you thought that I was. Well, uh, let me just say, Johnny, uh, it's not like I don't know you. It's not like you're not a regular caller. You know I have a hell of a lot of respect for you. So please, let's not go there, all right? Oh, we we just, I think we addressed it pretty well. Yes, yes. Apex predators. All right. Hey, I got to cut you off now, though. You hear me, my brother? I've got to cut you off because I got to get to tag and I got to get other folks to come in. But, you know, Mr. Wonderful. (laughs) Have a good one, brother. Take care. Got you. Got you. Got to go. Thank you very much, Johnny. Johnny is one of our heroes here at KPFT. Let's go ahead and go on to Brother Tag. Tag, you're hot. Good morning. How are you? I am fine, sir. Talk to me, my brother. Well, when I was listening to the governor talk. Oops, uh, uh, guys, Tag is, uh, is in green. I, uh, he's not on air. There you go. You're back on tag. You're back on. Go ahead. The the laugher curve and the whole thing is that you raise taxes, that economic activity is going to drop. Yes. But the thing is, they never they never uh, address the issue that as you cut taxes, these people that were paying taxes will just take the money and run. Exactly. And I think that's a big problem that none of these economists want to address. You know, the, 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 the thing, uh, Tag, is economics isn't a perfect science, right? Because it is dependent on if I, if I make this move, a, a, a definite move by uh, those who I made the move towards isn't known, right? In other words, if I cut taxes, I am not sure if that person that I cut taxes for would invest in building a factory or would put that money on the Cayman Islands. I don't know what he's, he or she's going to do with the money. But... I, I, there's one thing that I have a higher probability of knowing, and that is if I give that money to a person who has limited resources as it is, that person is going to spend that limit that money because they've had limited resources, and it's a bit it, it's a more democratic form of giving tax cuts and giving rebates because they then use their power of having that dollar to decide what it is that they want. It's that it's not it's not complicated at all, uh, but they don't want you to know that. Go ahead, tax sorry for interrupting. Well, I, I think the you you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> you know, if you give it to the lower middle classes, they will put it back into the economy. There'll be more money to go around. But when you give it to the upper one percent, they just pigeonhole that money, and then there's less for everybody to utilize and. Once you continue to take the money out of the economic system, it's going to collapse the whole thing because there's just not enough money there to run the economic system. And you know what is so interesting, Tag? It's not like this is conjecture any longer, right? We've been doing it for 40 years now. 
and the 40 plus years uh, that we've sustained this type of economics. In other words, uh, for the long after World War II, for the most part, we've been on a consistent Keynesian type economics, except for a few times when folks started to talk about deficits, etc. But we never had the deficits that we had as we attempted to run supply side austerity type economics. And that is the issue. We all we we already have examples of what happens when you run this type of economics. You get wealth disparity, income disparity, and that's what we have. This is what we said in the 80s would occur if we followed this path. It's not like this is what Bush one called voodoo economics. Bush one who ran with, Don, with, with Ronald Reagan, called it voodoo economics because you're trying to say, magically say that your type of economics is going to work. It's not difficult. We also have the results of voodoo economics for 40 years. And it's like beating a dead horse, Tag. It's like beating a dead horse. But the problem is you get folks like, uh, John Kasich, who is who seems quite moderate, uh, come on TV and convince too many Americans that these this is a path we have to take. And what I continuously say, Tag, is one of my goals with this program and the and many others with programs like this. The goals, the goal is to inform Americans so that they can start asking the questions, not just believe what these charlatanes tell them but ask the question and do the study and, and also corroborate or try to validate what I'm saying here so that they can see, I'm not asking you to just listen to this at face value. I'm asking you to please validate what I'm saying, you know, and, and look at the logic from what we're saying here. Anything else tag before we go? Well, you just mentioned Bush one and I had a comment to that. Yes. Bush one said that when he was running against Reagan for president. Yes. yes. And, and then he, he turns right around and sells his soul to be Reagan's monkey. Yes. So it, to me, proves how easily these people sell their soul to the devil to get into power. That and is. The Republicans do it day and night. That is so true. But you know where, you know what was Bush's saving grace? I wrote a book a while back called As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom. And in there, I went through all of the different presidents up and until Obama. That's where, where I stopped, right? Well, that's because Obama was in, in office. But here, here is the issue, um, Tag. What was the saving grace for Bush? You, you know, the only recent president who balanced the budget and at the same time had the largest economic expansion in America, it wasn't Ronald Reagan. If you listen to the Republicans, you would think Ronald Reagan was the president that had the, the largest economy, employed the m most people and, and, and balanced the budget. You would think that that would be the president that, fo that follows those three tenets, balanced budget, largest economy, and also largest employment ever. Well, you would be wrong. The president that did that was Bill Clinton. 
Under Bill Clinton, the budget was balanced. Under Bill Clinton, we had more people employed than even under Reagan. More people, he he got more jobs in his administration by several millions over Ronald Reagan. Yet, the the uh, you know the selling point has always been Reagan came and the economy took off. Even though the part when the economy took off under Reagan, he used. Keynesian economics, blow up the budget as well as increase the, the, the uh, military budget. And that's what gave us a semblance of prosperity under Reagan. But again, the one with the most employment was under Clinton. Look it up. I wrote it in the book as well. People don't get that. And, and that's because we don't promote that. But that said, it is important for folks to say, wait a minute. So what is it that, uh, that Clinton did again? Wait a minute. Clinton didn't have supply side economic. I mean, they didn't have supply side. He used Keynesian economics. But you know who started Clinton? And this is why I said there's a saving grace for Bush one, not Bush two, Bush one. Bush one came to Houston. I think it wasn't said no new taxes. And he said he wasn't going to raise any taxes. And when he looked at the economic system, he said, oh, my God, I've got to raise taxes. And I did it. I went against my own interest and I raised taxes because that was the only way that we could move closer to, you know, to, to responsibility. And then Clinton came into office when he beat Bush and continued raising taxes. And guess why the economy exploded with raised taxes? Because the people who paid the most taxes were the people on the top. And by the way, I don't mind people on the top paying the most taxes because in effect, much of them work the least. All right. So they raised taxes on them and that money was redistributed. People don't say like redistribution is a wrong thing. No, there's nothing wrong with redistribution because all of us work. We are not paid commensurate with the work that we make. The stockbroker makes a lot of money for moving a piece of paper. The guy who cleans the tank, the oil tank, the guys who do the real work, they don't get paid commensurate with what they do. So I have no problem with redistribution. Tag, you want to close us out? Let me know what, what else you want to add yeah, before I, I move on. Berto, I think it's real important for people to remember Reagan inflated the deficit by over 100%. Yes. In, uh, in, in, in eight years, Trump inflated the deficit by over 25% in four years. Yes. And then if you look at the whole Republican presidential thing, most of our debt has come from the Republican presidents and the Republican Congress. So with that, I'm going to go. Thanks, Egberto. Thank you very much, Tag, for actually stating something that very few people realize. Again, it just shows you that rhetoric can outdo reality very often. And one of the problems I have with on the progressive side is that too often we allow rhetoric to reign. And and you look at what Ali Velshi did in that piece that I just played. Uh, I think the problem too often is whenever those of us on on the left side of the aisle, if you will, uh, go ahead and 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 make things known, too often people would criti- critique it as well. You know, uh, you didn't need to get be so hard on them or whatever, but in reality they are hard on us. They are hard on America. They are hard on the people of the world. 713-526-5738. 
Uh, we still have time for more calls. 713-526-5738. Would love to hear your voices. I know many of you are listening out there. I'd love your questions. I'd love your statements. Remember, we treat everybody here with what? Respect. Respetamos a todos que llaman a mi programa. We make sure to do that. Respect is what it's all about. 713-526-5738. Una vez más, 713-526-5738. Extension number two. Last, imagine, I only got two calls today, which means I may get to the last subject, which is AI. And this is just an epiphany in my point. Look, uh, the, the, the rage right, rave right now is AI. And, and the fear right now is that AI is going to create havoc. Oh, people are so scared of AI, artificial intelligence. We have ChatGPT and we have the other one from, who's the other one from? I think the other one is from Microsoft. Ben, I don't remember the name of it. Anyhow, that is, that's the queries. But we, we also had, you know, I took a picture of myself and I ran it through a program and I gave it some text and... That thing went ahead and imitated me perfectly. I used a different voice. I didn't ask it to synthesize my voice. I used a different voice and had it doing its thing. And it had me saying things I would never say. Of course, I gave it the text just to play around and see what it's like. And I'm like, oh, my God, somebody could take my face and put on and say I say this. And, and you know, for a minute, it was scary. And then I started to think about all the things that started to happen in society that moved it forward. The telephone. Somebody could simulate your voice on the telephones. They do it right now, but they could. We always had people that could do that. We, technology could always, we could have always abused technology. And AI is just another form of technology. You know, what did we do with things like the phone? We created regulations to make sure that you know, in certain states, you had to have both people know you're recording. Otherwise, that recording is no good in the state in 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 the in law. Uh, we we had we we created cars to replace horses, and suddenly we had to create laws to make sure that people were still safe. You know, there are a lot of lot of technologies we thought would be super disruptive that, in effect, brought in efficiencies that allowed us to work less. And this is where I'm bringing AI into our capitalist system, because I want folks to understand one thing. I am not scared of what AI can do, whether impersonations and all these things. We can create regulations that fix that. We can create a politics that fix that. Let me tell you what concerns me. The people that are fighting in Washington, the writers that are, I mean, in, in Hollywood, the writers that are concerned that their li- livelihoods are going to be uh, taken over by G- chat GPT and AI. And the artist who uh, is concerned that uh, after AI learns about all the different art forms there, it can come out with some sort of art at, at speeds that reduces their ability to get paid. I think we ought to look at it from a different point of view. We ought to create regulations, yes, but we ought to create a different economic paradigm. Uh, right now, efficiency in America way out exceeds what it was 50 years ago, 75 years ago, 100 years ago. But the wealth of the average American citizen has not gone up. But the wealth of the very few 
those who didn't invent all these technologies, those supposedly who invested in all this technology, they're the ones that are taking home, taking home that, excess, uh, that excess productivity that we can produce so much more shouldn't have meant that, because remember, we created all the intelligence to create everything. But what we have to learn is to take what's ours. We invented things. We created things. We did the work. When artificial intelligence is realized, we would have created artificial intelligence because what it is, again, is artificial it is it's a composite intelligence of us all placed in a machine that does things. But you know what? That machine can still be unplugged. But it can make life a lot easier for many, for most. It can reduce the workload. But right now, as our system works, only a few get to take advantage of these advances in technology. It is time for us to change the political paradigm and the economic paradigm to make sure that now that we have AI doing a lot of stuff, guess what? We can have a, instead of a 40-hour work week, we can have a 20-hour work week. Come on in, brother Howard. I agree with you on uh, creating regulations on AI. However, you know what's going to happen. Some large corporation is going to start whining about uh, regulations on their product. Oh, we can't sell enough product. Oh, we can't do this. Well, let's just deregulate it. That's the problem. Yes. They buy off the politicians to deregulate their product. And then havoc happens. I mean, look at what, look at what happened to media consolidation. Yes. Now, a certain, co- a certain company in town can own three FM radio stations. Now, is that real competition? No. I don't think so. So no. others can own four or five FM radio stations in the same town. No, that's not competition. That's oligopoly. And many of them are vertically integrated. So, it's, you know, I, I, I'm torn on AI, yes. I think in some places we can use it well. If it's regulated to not interfere with normal human life, but then the regulations will come in and then that's okay. And then some company, oh, we're, we're regulated. We can't, we can't sell enough. We can't make it profitable. So there you go. Howard, this is where, this is where you come in. This is where you come in and this is where we come in. All right. Um, Remember earlier I talked about uh, what, Pedro Silva talked about we have to we have to realize that we are already empowered and we don't have enough people with the with that realization and that is what I mean it may be for now it's it's one at a, one step at a time one step in front of the others but I am doing this you are doing this because you know what brother Van Beber is doing this because we believe we can make a difference we believe that we can sufficiently inform folks that they're already empowered to take a lot of this over. I'm waiting for AI to give, give Americans a 20-hour work week. I'm waiting for that to happen. Or rather, I'm not waiting for it to happen. We are making it. We are going to make it happen by informing folks and letting folks do like they're doing in Hollywood that are saying, no, you're going to give us a contract that mitigates what AI is going to do to the writing of scripts. Look, Howard, I know you're going to kick me off in a minute because we are at 57. So uh, let, 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 let me just give my closer here. Folks, thank you for being here. 
I would have liked more callers, but then again, we got to t talk about all three subjects today. Remember, you can find out about exactly what we're talking about at politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. That is where uh, every, every program has a newsletter attached to it with all the videos that we play, all the blogs that we have you can get to. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.